The Lifestylist, episode 77, featuring the Jing Slingers. I'm Luke Story, a former celebrity fashion stylist and founder of School of Style. For the past 20 years, I've been relentlessly dedicated to my deepest passion, designing the ultimate lifestyle based on the most powerful principles of health and spirituality. The Lifestylist Podcast is a show dedicated to sharing my discoveries and the experts behind them with you. You are listening to part one of two with the Jing Slingers. That sweet, warm, fuzzy vibration you're feeling in your eardrums right about now is the sound of the Lifestylist podcast, broadcasting from Hollywood, California, into your car, computer, iPhone, wherever you are out there in the world. And I'm so pleased to bring you an episode with my friends, Jay and Joy from the Jing Slingers. They are a biohacking culinary master team who has set the world on fire with their knowledge of superfoods, super herbs, biohacking, and everything about living the ultimate lifestyle. And after all, that's why we're here. So in this episode with Jay and Joy, we talk about a number of different things regarding how to eat and live healthy. Some of the things we covered are are an exciting new announcement they have about their Waterstone Retreat in North Carolina. They're getting ready to open that. It's quite an exciting launch. We talk a lot about how they found the best spring water and well water to have on their property and some local hot springs, which of course are some of my favorite topics. And then we get into the nitty gritty, which is what are some of the most dangerous foods that people think are healthy? Turns out a lot of the stuff at the health food store is actually super shitty and you probably shouldn't eat it. We're going to expose and myth bust tons of so-called health foods. How to avoid GMO foods and why. There's a big buzz around GMOs, but no one really knows why they suck and how they're hidden in so many of our foods. Why microwaves are toxic and you should never use them to cook. And speaking of cooking, we talk about what is the healthiest cookware to use in your kitchen. A lot of people are still using really inferior cheap metal cookware and it turns out it's not so good for you. Then how to protect yourself from harmful EMFs while living in a city. Something I currently do. As I said, I'm here in Hollywood, been here for a number of years, and uh, there's a lot of weird electromagnetic frequencies flying around. And if you want to live in a city, it's important to protect yourself from that. What are the healthiest eggs in the market and why you should not eat the whites? Weird, right? A lot of people are into eating the whites. Turns out, not so great. How to stay super hydrated using the number one hydration supplement. It's one of my favorites. We're going to dive into that. We also tried it on the show, actually, or right before the show, which was amazing. I think that's why we had such a great and extensively long interview, because we were super hydrated and super hyped. Then we talk about the importance of breastfeeding and why we shouldn't be ashamed to do it. There's this weird cultural thing now where ladies feel awkward about breastfeeding and... Um, I actually did an inquiry recently and found out that I was, in fact, not breastfed, and that totally sucks. So if you're a mom, you definitely need to listen to that. If you're a mom or dad-to-be even, there's some very important information in there, including what the healthiest baby formula alternative is on the planet, because most baby formula is actually really crappy too. Then how to grow your own urban garden to produce the most nutrient-dense foods for yourself and the importance of detoxing and how to do it safely. Then we cover a number of different herbs and superfoods as they pertain to different aspects of life. So we talk about the herbs and superfoods that give you more energy, improve your sex drive, improve your sleep, fix your hormones, weight loss, brain function and cognition, and finally, how to treat depression and anxiety naturally. Yes, it's a info-packed episode, in fact, a double episode. So this could be part one, part two, same intro. I recommend that you listen to the whole thing. So if this is part one and you're getting this on a Tuesday, make sure to tune in Friday for part two. If this is part two and you just stumbled across it, well, definitely go back and check part one because there's a lot of great information given here. Jay and Joy of the Jinx Slingers have been in the game a long, long time. They are a wealth of information. And this particular interview slash 
chat was just really fun. There was a lot of laughs, a lot of good times. We talk about some serious subjects, but we don't do it in a serious way. With that, I want to thank you for joining me on another episode of the Lifestylist Podcast. It means so much to me that you're listening and something that's really important for you to do in order to give back to the show in a very easy way is just share this episode with a friend. It's an easy ask and uh, all you have to do is click forward, share, whatever, somewhere on your device, on your screen, whatever it is that you're listening to my voice on. And uh, it's a great way to really support the show and get this message out because it's all about building the ultimate lifestyle and creating a happier and healthier world. Today's episode is brought to you by one of my all-time favorite companies known as Four Sigmatic. Four Sigmatic make these amazing medicinal mushroom and herbal elixirs. So there's these little packets, really easy to transport, very portable, very potent, and very delicious. So they make a reishi, a chaga, lion's mane, cordyceps, etc. If you don't know what those are, you definitely need to look into your medicinal mushrooms. These are great drinks on their own or even to add to an existing concoction. Like I love to upgrade my Bulletproof coffee with Four Sigmatic products. And you may have seen this in my Supercharged Bulletproof Coffee video. If you haven't seen it, it's on YouTube. It's also in the episode upgrade from episode one. But foursigmatic.com is the place to go to get these highly convenient, very powerful, really high-end herbal elixir powders. So go to foursigmatic.com and the bonus here is that I got you a little hookup of 15% off. How do you get it? You enter this code. The Lifestylist. So at foursigmatic.com, enter the code The Lifestylist to save a cool 15% off. I want to remind you to go to organify.com. That's spelled with an I, organify.com. Check out the green juice powder. It's fantastic. And what's even more fantastic is that if you enter the code Lifestylist at checkout, you're going to save a whopping 20% off your order. Go to organify.com, enter the code Lifestylist, save 20%. Joey Coelho and Jay Denman, also known as the Jingslingers, are culinary professionals that live and teach the art and alchemy of jingslinging. They create insanely healthy, remarkably easy, and cleverly conscious comfort food recipes that supercharge your life force using superfoods, super herbs, and spices from all over the world. Their high-powered, anti-aging, nutrient-dense, sugar-free, and gluten-free desserts and everyday meals are shockingly delicious. Jay and Joy sling their superhero recipes and red carpet protocols to Hollywood celebrity clients and for events like the Oscars and the Grammys. Through their workshops, seminars, and speaking engagements, they continue to spread the message that healthy organic food can not only change your life and taste delicious, but it can also be easy to prepare and to afford. So here we are back for round two with the Jing Slingers. We just uh, spent some time in my kitchen, as is always the case when the Jing Slingers visit. And I'm like, per usual, super high on superfoods and <laughs> herbs and our hydrogen drink and all kinds of crazy stuff that we just did. So um, those of you that are watching this on video, you're going to see a lot of the back of my head because as is such the shape of this studio. Those of you listening to the audio, you're just going to have to trust us. We are like high on life right now, feeling really good. So welcome back to the Lifestylers, you guys. Uh, thanks, Luke. We, we always aim to get you a little bit high, a little bit tweaked right before the show. So. <laughs> well, that's the thing. It, it requires a lot of sort of concentration when you're the one doing the interviewing because you want to steer it, you know, in a certain direction and make sure that it stays focused and, and everything's um, on the up and up. But the disadvantage of having people like you two come in is that, you know, you get very elevated by the energy because you guys have positive vibrations and then also elevated by whatever it was that we just ate. So it's always, <laughs> it's always interesting to see if I can like keep it together. <laughs> so show number two, you guys have mm -hmm. some exciting stuff going on. Last time you were here, you were still living in LA and traveling all over the world, delivering these amazing um, goodies to people. And now you've set up shop in North Carolina. Yep. Is that yes. correct? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I want to start out with just the most exciting thing in your life. And that is the move and your Waterstone retreat center. Tell us what's up with that. Yes, well, uh, like you said, we went from Los Angeles, drove cross country. Um, I'll put all the things that can wait for a few moments into pods, actually into pack rat pods. And, uh, and then we drove cross country to the place where um, it found us. It found us. We're uh, about 3,000 feet in elevation. We've got a beautiful 
bold river that runs around two sides of the property. And it is such an amazing, healing, beautiful green place that we just knew that's where we needed to be. And so we manifested over these last 18 months. And here we are there. How long have you guys been, had you been living in LA prior to that? Um, I'd been in LA for 10 years and Joy for five. So I was back and forth. Yeah. So this was really a multi-year long strategy. So we were really specializing in high-end personal chefing for for clients for a number of years here in LA, um, LA centric. And then we'd also get uh, flown different parts of the country and world by our clients. But um you know, we really wanted to expand. We wanted to make the business more scalable. We wanted to teach people how to fish rather than fishing for them. And so we decided to do our book a couple years ago and release that last year. And then really the next step after releasing our cookbook was, okay, where do we really want to live? And, you know, both of us grew up more in a rural environment back in nature. So it was really time to to get back to nature and There are so many things about the city that are great. It's fast-paced. You make a lot of connections, a lot of friends here. But really, when we looked at it, we really wanted to unplug and get out of, you know, the the EMF and fiscal pollution of the city and just the high-paced, you know, uh, environment that the city brings and just really slow it down. I'm so happy for you guys, but at the same time, I'm like... You're a few years ahead of me on the dream of being able to do that. It's like, oh, we lost another one. Well, yeah, you know, the (laughs) thing is, is like, I... I've been living in LA for, I don't know, I always say 27 years, but I've been saying that for five years. So I don't know, whatever 1989 is, the math is um, eludes me. But my dream is to like take an incremental step to move to Topanga or Ojai and like wean myself off the city. But the thing that's hard for me about making a move like you you guys have done, and I, um, I applaud you for that, is losing my sense of community you know yeah. it's like in la it's like i went to kundalini this morning like i knew 10 people there like you know there are people that would drive me to the airport you know it's like i have yeah. really good connections Tribe. here and yeah and also just like-minded people and when i think of a, a rural area like that i'm like oh man is it gonna be like a bunch of hillbillies or is there gonna be like yeah. any like any outliers and like fringe dwellers <laughs> the weirdos like me that i can relate to you know so and the answers yes there are the answers uh, yes sure. so first of all Asheville is a uh it's a college community to begin with so it's a college community so it's it's got young blood the other thing is that all the people that are there and the second third generation of these people um it is a farm to table place so they're they're singing our song right from that um, very organic, very foodie, and very. We even found um, a little baby tonic bar that we're going to play with. So we've got um, a lot of support there. That before we even you know put a shovel in the ground to make this happen. Um, it, plus, you can't beat just the first few weeks there because we drove across country the last week in April, and yep. so um, we when we drove across country. We could see, like, incrementally when we got there, and actually we were there for a long period of time, a longer period of time, you know, we weren't spending $300 on bottled water and glass. We weren't, cause, because the spring water comes right through the faucet. We weren't spending... Oh, you uh, guys are on a spring? Yeah, well, it's an artisanal well. Oh, cool. Yeah. And um, and then where there, where we had a dowser come out to on our property to find the most uh, uh, powerful part of where the water runs underground. Um, his name is, I'm going to give a shout out, Lee Barnes. He's wonderful. He's been doing it for 20 years. And what is a dowser for those of us like myself that oh, have no idea? A dowser is someone who uses the energetics. He usually uses tools you can watch. These these two wands. And when he comes across where the water is, the wands go whoop. No way. Yeah, it's, we, yeah. we videotaped it. So oh, um, when you pay attention to our website, which is jingslingers.com, uh, we, it says coming soon, but just know when we stop traveling after this week, um, we're going to show incrementally what it takes to get from here to there and then and all the characters and all the things that happen in between that allows you to you know have that superhero life and people like dowsers that make it you know happen faster with better focus mm. better focus so. in the case of the the dowser he's actually feeling for the the cracks in the rock where the water is able where the water to come runs. up so he he actually he guarantees his work um he's pretty cheap to begin with but he actually guarantees his work so when we go to drill if we don't hit water with the amount of pressure that he set well uh, he 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 felt it as nine and a half gallons per minute and he said it was about 350 feet down and he guarantees and he's like if you don't hit the water i give you your money back (laughs) that's how how good he is yeah because when you start drilling it gets quite expensive too like if you're going to drill a well if you if you miss like you're you're wasting a lot of money i mean it's 
you know, and and his accuracy is is really good. So I mean, it's well well worth it just just from the dollar perspective and drilling to have somebody come out to find the better spot. Have yeah. you uh, had a chance to test the water for contaminants or lead or like too much iron or any of that weird stuff? Well, we we haven't drilled yet. So oh, okay, okay. I see. We we actually close when we go back to North Carolina. We're closing on oh, cool. the the property and construction mortgage, and then we're going to be breaking ground June first. Right, but we already have like a Waterstone Junior. So there's a high-end vacation home that we're using um, that we that's you know pretty organic just to begin with, and it's right there. It's on the same river. It's literally we'll call it the stone's throw uh, down the road a piece from where we are. You can actually see their property from our property. So you're literally right there. The difference is we have the water wraps around both sides of our property, and this has it just in the front. But it's magic, and um, the place that we're staying now, which is Riverdance, give a shout out to Riverdance, uh, is how we found this place. So. Knowing that uh, the water there, when you put it in, when you fill a bathtub, it's naturally just blue and clear. And when you drink the water, it has a weight to it. It's very much like when you drink Castle Rock. It looks like Castle Rock. So um, and when, when the dowser came, he can actually kind of tell the TDS, the total dissolved solids. And he can also tell you if it's a little more acidic or a little more alkaline. And uh, we had a really nice balance on our on our property. He does this. He's part of an international team of dowsers. No way. Yeah, he no. goes all over the world. That sounds really cool to have a property that's got kind of water on both sides in form of a river, and then yeah. you have really clean, good drinking water. Is it something I talk a lot about on the show? I'm, you know, as you guys know, I have my. Um, fountain of true spring water out there and if i'm not drinking that i'm going up to the forest outside of la to an undisclosed secret location sorry <laughs> listeners i can't tell you where it is because you'll ruin it um well you're not supposed to divert i found i found out you're not supposed to divert water off um a public land which mm-hmm. is what i do and so um a guy was up the last time i went um a guy was up there with a truck and his whole family and they had like lawn furniture out and shit and they're just chilling like filling up a whole truck full of bottles and the uh, forest yeah. service came by and made them leave yeah and um and they had he, the guy said they had been warned you know because they're diverting water so i'm like i'm never telling anyone where my spot is because this that guy just happens. found it yeah. it sucks yeah yeah we, so, we had one place uh that w- was from findaspring.com thank you daniel vitalis and uh, and they pretty much they literally barricaded it off because people were they were abusing it. They were going there at two o'clock in the morning. They were being loud. They were and it was not in a residential area, but there are people who live like right there. And so um, that's what happens when you aren't mindful. Well, and even if you are mindful, just the increase in traffic in the area yeah. to, to neighbors who aren't used to it, you know, will start getting complaints and stuff, and then we'll. You know, get those kinds of things shut yeah. down, unfortunately. And there is enough. There's enough abundance where you don't have to, you know, squirrel it. And, and uh, But I do understand your, uh, your wanting to keep your precious to yourself because, you know, you don't want to lose that resource. It's an important resource, especially here in California. Yeah. yeah. Well, there's only two springs that I'm aware of in Southern California, one of them being in Ojai, which is called Bellyache Springs, and it's really not great spring water. It's really high minerals. It's yeah. just kind of swaggy, and it's mm-hmm. also very difficult to get it you know, in abundance yeah, from the spring to your car. The place that I found is equally – actually, I have a video if you guys, any listeners want to look at it on YouTube. <laughs> I don't say where it is, but I show you the process of collecting water, and I built a whole pipe system that goes up the fucking mountain. It's like so ridiculous. <laughs> so you don't have to carry the, the slippery bottles. Oh, you couldn't. I mean, I did it – the first time I went up there, I bought a five-gallon glass carboy, and it was like uh, – it was actually really difficult to get an empty one up the hill, and mm. then I got up there, and I was like, God damn it, how am I going to get down? Yeah. But I didn't want to go home defeated, so I, in fact, filled it up, and I had to scoot it down. It took me about an hour to get down the ravine um, on my ass, just like yep. scooting it down, because I didn't want to break it and sever an artery and die up there over some fucking water. <laughs> What a way to go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Man, That's a good visual. <laughs> idiot hippie dies trying to collect spring water because he won't just fucking buy Evian. Um, so, yeah. Anyway, so congratulations mm. on finding a property with, like, great uh, water and great, yeah. great scenery. So let's let's go into what's your vision for the property and, you know, as a business and having people come, what's the curriculum or the whole thing going to look like there eventually? Um, to facilitate and to teach people. People are going to be able to come. Uh, when you come as a couple or even a single – uh, you're able to well anyone who comes to us you you are it we don't no one gets double reservations where it's you and these other people who came from somewhere else you have our full attention 24 7 breakfast in bed and then it's as much or as little as you want to learn like if you want to know the culinary stuff how to sling the herbs how to sling the supplements a little bit of all of it plus get in some of the adventure because we have zip lining and 
and we have the mineral hot springs. That's a given. You get the mineral hot springs. You Wait, get what? The, you guys have a hot springs nearby? Yes, eight minutes from our front door. Ah. Yep. <laughs> Actually, the town of Hot Springs, North Carolina. Yes. No it's way. Next door. Yep. And this, this has been going on since the 1800s, this, this what's particular the, hot springs. Uh, what's the facility like there? It's actually, it's, it's charmingly rustic, and the water is not messed with. So they've got it, so instead of sitting in a hole in the ground and just people going one at a time, they've set up a series of tubs that have, like, a wood protection area for each one so that you can be completely naked and not be in everyone's view, which is kind of cool. And then they clean the tubs after you. So afterwards, they use this really earth-friendly disinfectant so that you don't have anyone's funk from before, which and is awesome. They, they drain the tubs they in drain between the tubs in between. And, and refill it. Wow. So it's, because it's an, it's an abundance and this, this thermal hot spring is, is that um, has that much water, it, it, they, divert it, oops, they divert it right into each one of the tubs. It fills and then <laughs> just bump like and then it um joy loves talking with her hands <laughs> <That's right. laughs> never interview an italian in a in a tight quartered uh, uh studio yes i'm still using my hands and so yeah and so it comes through and it fills up and you sink into that and you can look up and see the moon and the stars and there's a river that runs right in front of it so you're looking at the river everyone's one of critters so will walk by and it's just it's amazing it's, it's charmingly rustic um, I, I won't call it five star because it's, there's no concierge. There's nothing snooty about it, but it's um, it's comfortable and clean, and the health benefits are through the roof. Hmm. I love old funky hot springs. Yeah. There's I, I took a trip about uh, maybe two years ago now up to Tahoe. Uh, because I was doing an event in Reno, and I'd never been up that part of California at all. Have you guys been up there by no, chance, like Reno, uh, dude? No. So of course, wherever I go, I'm always looking for spring water to drink. I found a great spring on findaspring.com in uh, outside of Tahoe, and then I look for all the hot springs in the area. And there's a shit ton of them up there. I think there was between LA and Tahoe, there were six different hot springs, wow. either in nature or at a facility. And I went to five of them in three days. <laughs> so it's like all I did was go speak at this event and then did these hot springs. But there's some of these places are just like off the freeway and it's like some little 50s sort of motel trailer park kind of thing and everything's like all the woods rotten and the paint's all faded but i like the i mean i don't i don't necessarily want like a fancy place yeah this has well uh, it's up capped so i don't want you to think that it's some dilapidated you know pile of crap it's actually really beautiful and uh but it's like it says charmingly rustic yeah and it gives you the opportunity because i'm a chicken pants about being naked in front of a whole bunch of people i don't know so i love that you have your own private spot and you are completely relaxed you just sink into this tub you feel the minerals i feel it the i do i don't know about jake can speak to about the non-responder versus responder thing and we love doing it we usually pace it so it's just when the sun's going down, so you can watch the sunset and the moon come up, and it's just, it's magic. That's epic. Yeah, yeah that's epic. And and also just the benefit of not having chemicals in the water. Ugh. It just sucks. Like here in LA, I don't know yeah. if you guys have ever been to Beverly Hot Springs. It's in Koreatown. It's yeah. a natural geothermal hot spring. It's amazing, beautiful water, minerals, silky, smells amazing. But they do, by the city ordinance of the health department of LA County, they have to put a little bromine in it. And so it has that like Arrini chlorine thing, kind yeah. of smell a little bit, you know, it's just like, it's just enough to make it not perfect. Yeah. You know? I mean, I can't complain. Listen, but yeah, hot springs are like a criteria. I would not move anywhere. Like, um, for example, I love Sedona. Mm-hmm. I would never live in Sedona full time because there's no hot springs drivable. Like I have to be able to go. I to can't do desert. Uh, I was in Patagonia, Arizona when I was doing my, uh, both as a client and as a student and um, at Tree Life with Dr. Gabriel Cousins. And uh, I, I loved it there, but I just can't do desert. Even getting off the plane here in Los Angeles, all of a sudden my skin goes like um, an elephant's knee. I yeah. grew up in Florida where there's moisture, and, and North Carolina's got that perfect amount of moisture and mist, and it's just, I love it. Yes. So love it. There's water just everywhere. I mean, everywhere you drive, it's mountains and rivers, you know, next to you. It's yeah, just, it's, it's amazing. It's fantastic. So pe- we're in the western. We're we're in the um, western North Carolina, north of Asheville. Yeah. Okay. And so when people come to the facility, there's going to be a curriculum that's sort of customized according to how they want to spend their time and what they want to learn. So it's like yeah. a refuge where they go 
sort of digital detox, rest, rejuvenate, all of that, and then get educated on how to take some of that home with them. Then. Yeah, yeah, the everything's, takeaways are huge. Everything's yeah. completely customizable. So we, we do it specifically for them, like how much of the food prep they want to learn, how much of the supplementation, how much of the modalities, you know, how much they want to just kick back, relax, how much they want to, you know, go and do some adventurous stuff with whitewater rafting or, you know, anything else. Ziplining. Uh, yeah, the clients we just had out there before we came out um, to this for this LA trip, they wanted to go to the Biltmore. So they took a, a trip to the Biltmore and we, we packed them a superfood lunch for the day. Awesome, man. That's great. Well, I can't wait to come out and visit. I'm yeah, like you're gonna ready. love it. <laughs> I'm ready to it's get crazy. out of here right now. And yeah. we do have critters, which is which is wonderful because we literally sit in the arm of the Pisgah National Forest. Like you see the national forest from our door. So we've got you know uh, in the river we've got otters and, and beavers. In fact, there's a beaver that was chewing down little um, small saplings and, and building a lodge somewhere. We haven't found the lodge yet, but it was spring, so it was time mm-hmm. to build a lodge. And and our spirit animal is the, is the otter. You know, because it's loyal and smart and beautiful and fun. And it's just everything that a jinxlinger should be. Awesome, man. <laughs> cool. Well, I want to dig into some stuff and, and get the, um, you know, the audience educated. We covered a lot of ground last time we were here. So I went over mm-hmm. our notes from that episode mm-hmm. to try and avoid repeating things if possible. Because you guys are a wealth of information. Every time I see you, I'm learning like so much stuff. Just now in the kitchen, you're like, oh, there's this and that. And I'm like, okay, wait, I got to record this. So I've got Save some, it for the interview. Yeah, so I've got some things that I wanted to cover. Um, just for people maybe that missed the first episode, I'd like to encourage you to go back because this will ultimately be kind of a part two. Mm-hmm. But in the interest of just extrapolating as much information and experiences I can out of you two, let's start with food, obviously, because that's kind of your forte. What are some of the most unhealthy or dangerous foods that people commonly eat that think are healthy. I think that might be a fun place to start because a lot of people that are, you know, finding out about herbs and superfoods and biohacking and all this stuff probably still shop at Whole Foods or their local health food store. And they've at Mm -hmm. least weaned off the Costco and Walmart food or whatever. But when I go to a lot of health food stores, just being a little more discerning and having been into this stuff in a while, I see a lot of really suspect foods that are still passed off as healthy foods. So you got got any tips on that? The first thing that pops into my mind, actually, where we're staying right now on this LA trip, um, they have this old vintage can of potato chips. It's like a big one pound, and it says uh, scientifically processed potato chips. I, I don't know what year it was from. It's like but, the 1950s thing. Uh, yeah, and it says, um, you know, cooked in healthy um, hydrogenated vegetable <laughs> oil. <laughs> Yikes. And so I think probably your audience knows this already, but it's just um, as far as the mass populace goes, I I think one of the the two most damaging things I think are hydrogenated oils Mm. and just bad quality oils in general that are in everything. So soybean oil, which is in everything, and then canola oil, which is an inflammatory oil, which is in even a lot of the stuff when you go to the most health food stores still use canola oil in a lot of their food. And that's GMO as well. So there's no really canola oil that's that's a good thing. Yeah, it's still inflammatory even if it's not GMO. Even yeah. if it's organic canola oil, it's still a, you know an inflammatory you, oil. And you may see it on, on packages that says rapeseed. Uh, so rapeseed and canola is the same thing. Yeah. yeah, I remember reading something when I was first researching this stuff that there actually isn't a canola plant, right? I think it's stan- It's like a, it's like it's a, a ca- Canadian oil, right? Can- yeah, that's what I what thought. Like, yeah, yeah, Canadian oil. It's yeah. like some sort of weird hybrid. Not and and rape seeds, if I'm not mistaken, um, which is where canola oil comes from. from? Mm-hmm. Uh, birds actually won't eat them. Like animals won't even eat that shit. And that's like in all of our commodity foods. I was hoping cheap. you guys would say that one. Yeah, I guess. I mean, that's the thing. A lot of us, like myself, I'm more on the conspiratorial side that <laughs> Monsanto and these entities are actually out to depopulate the earth and it gets very deep. <clears throat> I don't want to get into some Alex Jones shit on the show necessarily, right. but... um, Podcast three. Yeah, <laughs> number three. <laughs> we could go there. Actually, From I don't give a fuck. We could, we could go there. We could go there. But... I mean, at the very least, uh, these corporations have shareholders and the shareholders Mm -hmm. are into the bottom line. They want to make money. And Mm -hmm. so I think a lot of things like canola oil, um, rapeseed farms and all of this shit that is in so much of our food is not necessarily because there's some evil entity wanting to kill us. It's just like the bottom line is cheap and they can make stuff calorically dense and and filling and they can like make shelf stable and oh okay and that too right 
But the weird thing about the oils is they're rancid <laughs> too. You know, it's a thing. Pretty much immediately. Right. I mean, when you take a seed, is this, I don't know if you guys know more on this, but from my understanding, if you take a seed, even like a flax seed or chia seed, or even like some of the healthier seeds where good fats and oils could come from, but the minute you crack open that shell, nature's like, cool, that seed is hatched or whatever, and then it just makes it go bad. Let's take a break for a quick announcement. I will be hosting an event in New York City on July 27th at Cap Beauty in the West Village. I'm going to be presenting my lifestyle design course called the Mind, Body, and Spirit Solution. In this presentation, you're going to have a ridiculously fun time. You're going to learn about my top three lifestyle recommendations for each category of your life. You're going to walk away with a very precise action plan on how to create your lifestyle blueprint or maybe add some tweaks to the one you've got. But more than anything, you're going to be part of history because I will be recording this event to publish as a future episode of the Lifestylist podcast. And you also get to come hang out with me and a bunch of other listeners. And I'm going to do a Q&A at the end of my talk. So if there's things you wanted to know that I haven't covered on the show, now is your chance. So it's a free event. Again, it's on July 27th, 7 to 9 p.m. in the West Village in New York City. Here's the issue, though. You got to RSVP with the quickness. By the time this is aired, it might even be full. I don't know. We can only fit a few people in there. The RSVP URL, the address you go to in your browser, is as follows. Pay attention. Get ready to rewind this. You can write it down, text yourself, or just open up your browser right now. It's ConsciousCityGuide.com forward slash Luke to RSVP for this free event, July 27th, 2017. Go to ConsciousCityGuide.com forward slash Luke. I will see you there. I can't wait to meet you. Come up and say what's up if you make it. And now back to the interview. Box ticking, yeah. Right? And that happens a lot when I see, it doesn't matter, you know, what health food store you go into and they'll have like flaxseed oil and different oils that are on the shelf, not even refrigerated. Refrigerated, you have a better shot of it being good, but we're super picky about oils. And that's why coconut oil, it's stable and wonderful. And coconut oils are go-to. It's got the caprylic acid and lauric acid and um, capric acid, which is anti-inflammatory, anti-fungal, antibacterial, um, antiviral. You just can't go wrong with it. And, 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 um, from a culinary point of view, you can cook with it and not worry about heating it where it becomes an issue. So uh, coconut oil, even when we do our Italian food, and you've, you've had some of our savory things, um, it doesn't taste like suntan lotion. Like That doesn't happen. Uh, and if you are concerned about that, you can get organic refined coconut oil. It doesn't have any coconut flavor at all. And uh, sometimes, depending on what we're making, if it's a real delicate thing, we'll use that as well. But you got to do organic and you got to do the coconut oil. That, that's probably our, our number one go-to for oil. What are some of the other foods that are suspect that people soy. commonly eat? Soy. Ugh, soy. Ay. <laughs> soy. Uh, and flax. Flax, actually, because of the estrogens. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I would say anything GMO, anything that's genetically modified, So, and which is getting to be more and more foods all yeah. the time. You know, splicing DNA from one thing into another, having no idea what the consequences of that's going to be and just give it to the public is such a, a bad and, and criminal I- idea. It's just, it's it's really shocking when, when you get into um, how those things are made. Um, it, you know, it, it's really another major principle is just it's it's what they do to the food. So it's not necessarily, you know, if you get good quality rye, and it's been germinated or, you know, you make sourdough out of it, um, it can be a really healthy staple food and has been for, you know, for uh, a very long time for people. Um, But it's, you know, when they take the the wheat and they, you know, spray glyphosate, you know, on it, you know, um, right before they they harvest it, it's, it's those kinds of things that really you know, create the leaky gut and that make people sick. You know, it's the things that they're doing to the food that they're spraying on the food. So anything that's conventionally grown with pesticides, even things that are conventionally grown just with the the normal fertilizers, I mean, they're just so toxic to the planet and they're creating a lot of problems with creating massive like dead zones in the ocean and things like that. Yeah. And when you talk about the other, I think the third one for me, which can go right to number one is corn. And who doesn't love a great big ear of juicy summer corn covered with ghee and a little bit of of truffle salt yep your mouth's watering i can feel it um but you have to get the heirloom corn because they the bt corn is so prevalent 
um, BT literally means that the pesticide is actually is in the corn itself, and they did it so that it would explode the stomachs of the bugs that would eat the corn. Well, unfortunately, um, it's still in there when we make it into all these different things. We made yesterday we put a little south in your mouth when we were working with Jason Robel, and I did fried green tomatoes. So we did heirloom tomatoes, and so how do I get the corn to be not a toxic thing and still honor that Southern tradition? Because now we're in Appalachia, and I want all those people to be able to have yum food too. So we, I, I did a little bit of biohacking, and we grabbed a bag of blue corn chips that are made by Jackson's Honest. They're heirloom, they're organic, and they're only done in coconut oil. You take those chips. What? Oh, my God. I've been waiting for that. I'm, like, hoping someone does yes. a crowdfunding thing. Like, oh, can, can I get it. a goddamn corn chip that's <laughs> not made with canola oil? And oh, yeah. it's done in yeah, coconut Jackson's oil. Honest. So Jackson's Honest, love them. They're in Boulder, Colorado, in Colorado. We love them. And that one was blue corn. That was blue corn. That's what I wanted because I wanted it to be beautiful and have those extra nutrients in it because when it's heirloom, it's got everything. And all I do is I drop those chips into a coffee grinder to make my cornmeal. So now I've got beautiful cornmeal that's blue and amazing. Um, I added that a little bit of ashwagandha, a little bit of uh, astragalus, and um, put that with a little bit of uh, tapioca flour. So that was my dredge. And um, because everyone's welcome at our table, paleo, vegan, vegetarian. Um, Normally I would use uh, an egg wash to be able to dredge it in. But with this, I use the Fabernays. Fabernays is made from the aquafaba, which is the um, mucilaginous gel from chickpeas. And there's no canola oil in it, nothing. So I used the one that was a chipotle flavor, so had a little bit of a kick. And we did that and just did it in some coconut oil, quick, quick, flip-flop in the pan. And we had these beautiful, you know, fried green tomatoes that were good for you, (laughs) actually good for you. So um, there's always a way to biohack it, yeah. and and but corn's a big one for a lot of people. Corn's it, a big it's one. a really good example too because corn. I mean, it's been a staple crop for Native Americans for thousands of years. It's one yeah. of their most sacred foods was corn, and now it's just a toxic abomination. It's literally a pesticide, you know, and yeah. it's sprayed with herbicide. I mean, it's just it's crazy. Yeah, because the the BT corn that's that's bred with that pesticide in it that's meant to explode the gut of the bugs that would eat the corn, right? Doesn't that explode our gut <laughs> on a micro level, and, like and our gut, our bacteria meaning? Yeah, right? I, I, well, anything that's like that, um, where's the science that shows that it does or doesn't, look at the population. And I could probably you know, send you something that would be able to facilitate and underscore what I'm saying here. But first of all, it makes sense. Secondly, you, know, you want stuff that doesn't have, oh, I don't know, pesticide in it. Um, we're asking you to eat organic and to avoid things that we know are toxic. So if, if the plant itself has that pesticide, which I believe is shot into it with a gold gun, um, and some of these things that are uh, GMO, they say, oh, well, we've been hybriding things for hundreds of years. We hybrid and we, we splice things into things. Well, no. Here's the difference. The difference between taking, you know, one type of corn and another type of corn and then making maybe a different type of corn. So you end up with like the white and the yellow corn or the blue corn or what have you. That's different than, for example, the tomatoes that came out on the on the market. And people didn't even know this. And uh, they spliced using a gene gun. They put the genes of a flounder in it. We're talking cross species into the tomato to make it more cold tolerant so you could grow it in the cold weather. And I just, dude, that shit is spooky. <laughs> you're like you're messing with God's plan there. Like seriously, that's because a flounder and tomato is never going to have a happy weekend together in the Poconos. That's just not going to happen, right? So not, not even in the Poconos. And so what happened was they pulled them off the market quietly because it was a exploding rat stomachs and making them ill. So they took it off. And did you ever hear about that? Was that was that was that something you heard on you know in the news? Not really. No, so, the news. We're all, all we hear about is Russian hacking, <laughs> <laughs> shit that like doesn't mean anything. Sorry, sorry, I didn't mean to take it there. But like, no, this is. I mean, this is one of the great things about having um, having this show is that because like you guys, I get so many fucking emails and direct messages on Instagram. Oh my god, I had no idea. Like, all I eat is corn. Thank you so much, Luke. Yeah. It's so cool because. I think we're sort of insulated because we're so into this stuff that it's like, oh yeah, I would never eat corn from like, you know, your average like Mexican restaurant or something like that on the mm-hmm. side of the road. 
I mean, in an emergency maybe, or you know, <laughs> like making an exception and then eat charcoal afterward or something. But a lot of people still don't know this stuff. They're like, oh, wow, it's a plant. It's good for you, you know? So it's, oh, it's I love being able to like myth changed. bust this stuff. Yeah, it's changed. And so mm. so I'm not saying corn's bad. I'm saying that GMO corn is, is not a food. It's no longer a food. And when you're talking about um, getting some really good corn, especially the heirloom stuff, go to the farmers that have, that have been able to hang on to those seeds and grab some of those seeds and get some of their corn and support them because that means that you can take your handful of seeds and put it in your little plot of land or your little rolly self-watering plot pots that we use and grow your own stuff. It's how we have gojis. We literally have gojis because we got the best goji berries from Ronti Garden the dry goji berries, um, soaked them and then took the seeds out and then sprouted them and then the, you had them in the kitchen. <laughs> oh, really? That's where you guys uh, got the it, seeds? Yep. That's and so crazy. That we grew a, a plant over a period of time in a rolling pot right here in, in California on our patio um, that's probably as tall, probably about five feet tall. How tall is goji? Yeah, with, in, in the pot, he's probably five feet. And when it got to be between... Um, Two and a half to three feet, it started producing fruit. And you've had some of that. Now, you've had dried gojis, I know, in your life. Give us a little comparison when you tasted the I mean, fresh ones. Yeah, that's the thing that, like, I've eaten goji berries, but it seems to, like, concentrate the sugar when they're dry. They're, it's like yeah. a. Like raisins. Yeah. yeah. Any and kind I, of dried I, I never liked raisins, and they're just, they're too sugary. Like, when I started eating less sugar, goji mm-hmm. berries are like, oh, it's just, like, too sweet, you know? So those are really good because they're, um, I don't know, they're just lighter. And mm. flavor, like you still have that delicious goji berry flavor. Yeah, they do. They have that like kind of nightshade classic flavor, which is really good. Yeah, it's, it's funny though with things like that. I don't think a lot of us realize you can actually grow some superfoods here in North America. Yeah. I think people think like, oh, they, it has to be from somewhere far away to be good for you. It's mm-hmm. like you can actually... Our climate is hospitable to some things like that. Yeah, yeah that's and- why I like the rolling pots too, because we used our uh, we we have a, a worm composter, and the worm compost is what is what fed it. So we know that only organic, you know, uh, clippings and stuff go in there. So that feeds the worms. We get the castings and the and the worm tea that now goes in there, and we get these huge, humongous, amazing, just full of color and bursting with flavor foods that it costs us nothing. Yeah. And even if you're not in Southern California, I mean, here you can grow like aloe outside because it's so warm and dry. But even if you're not here, you can grow that inside. You know, it's a small enough plant. Uh, We also have a stevia plant as well. Oh, cool. Yeah. Actually, it's funny. You just read my mind because I was like, (laughs) whenever you, an interviewee is talking, like I'm listening, of course, but I'm also thinking of the next thread, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And I was like, I'm going to tell him about my aloe because that's the thing, like, even if you grow your own food, you have to be really mindful about the water and the soil and whatever you're feeding it. Like I have aloe plants I've been growing for, oh man, probably 10 years, like giant. They're in those half wine barrels, you know? But at some point they got a disease and then they just, they got all thin and weird and this white film on them and I just had to abandon them. But before that happened, I gave my friend some babies and then he, and then he gave me those back the other day. Oh, oh cool. came back yeah, to you. Yeah, it's cool. Nice. But but then I was like, oh, I got to start my whole process because what <laughs> I did is I would I would feed them uh, ocean water. Mm-hmm. So I actually like, went to Malibu with like a, <laughs> this is so funny. I got to like make videos of this show. I went to Malibu with like a bucket and filled up a five gallon thing of, of seawater and then I'd uh, feed a little bit okay, of that. This is before the bobber situation. Yeah, yeah, I told you guys that story, right. Yeah. So yeah, <laughs> finally figured out how to like get the water out of the ocean and then I would feed it to the aloe and then I ordered some rock dust minerals oh, online yeah. and yep. then i had a sh- um like a hose filter to take out the chloramines and all the shit that's in the tap water so my aloe was like super potent and chronic but then it got diseased <laughs> and died so now i'm in the process of like redoing a whole cycle of this aloe plant and you know there's some people listening that might be a bit excessive but if you're gonna grow it grow it right like whatever yeah. you're growing like if you could take the time to grow some tomatoes or goji berries like why not put the best possible shit in the soil and, and if you're not going to be farmer joe or you're not going to be all martha stewart about stuff in the kitchen at least know the brands of the things where they're mindful enough for you so um lily of the desert i think it's called mm-hmm. um, makes a beautiful uh organic it is in glass or in plastic we always use the glass the glass bottles of inner filet aloe and we use that when we do our living waters margarita or anything that requires um, a little bit of aloe doesn't matter if it's something we're making to mix on our face or skin or something we're going to put in our body actually we did a strawberry basil lemon teeny that's a hydration drink um for jason rebel yesterday and we did it on uh on his podcast so you can go watch that uh but it's it's hydrating and it's so good for the gut and it helps heal that leaky gut 
Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. I think that's why I got back on the aloe was I, you know, like I said, mine died, but then I was like, oh yeah, that, that jelly, mucilaginous, gooey stuff, that (laughs) schmegma that's in aloe. We love that. I mean, it's like, you just, you can just tell it's got to be soothing to your digestive tract. You know, it's just sort of intuitively says that. It's also a female tonic plant as well. Like in Ayurveda, the, the name for aloe is actually Kumari, which means young girl or young maiden. Um, Im- implying that it's good for the female reproductive system and oh, anti-Asian. Interesting. I didn't yeah. know that. Mm-hmm. So, so back on the foods to avoid. So corn, uh, you mentioned soy. What's the beef with soy for people that don't know why yes, that's not a, a really lot of a things. Food? It's also one of the most top uh, genetically modified foods. So like 95% is GMO. It's also very estrogenic and can be thyroid inhibiting as well. So, you know, the only time we do it is when we have like a really well fermented miso or um, natto. Natto. Right. Yeah. Because it seems like the. It's, yeah, it seems like um, the Japanese and the Chinese have been doing quite well with soy products, but it's always fermented for the most part, unless it's like um, edamame or something, which is just not, you're not going to sit there and eat like a half pound of edamame. It's like a snack. But it seems like the substantial meals that they eat that are soy are fermented. Yeah. yeah, you know it's it's a thing too. Just with our overall you know world environment, we have so many types of toxic estrogens from fertilizers to plasticides and things like that. You know, bottled water and just you know people who um, you know, how you prepare your food is another just major part of this because you may have great food, but you may be cooking it in the microwave in plastic or aluminum or something like that. And when you're doing that, you're getting aluminum and plastic into your food. So that's you know another major consideration is and how you're amounts. actually yeah how you're actually um, preparing your food as well. So we, I said immeasurable amounts, and he, he adjusted the mic. <laughs> it's all good. It, we're, for those of you listening, you're going to hear weird stuff because every once in a while I jump up at them, like lunge at them, and try to get. <laughs> I'm trying to get the micro. They're sharing one microphone. I'm trying to get it balanced between the two. Um, so okay, so how about uh, how about we're we are not breastfeeding our kid and we're using um, GMO soy formula and uh. we're putting it in a plastic bottle and microwaving it to warm it up. <laughs> oh my gosh. I mean, isn't it crazy though? Like this is the stuff. And if you're listening and you do that, I'm not trying to be elitist and like clown on you, but like this is the shit that people are unaware of. Like, oh, I would never think of that, that you're actually like plasticizing, you know, it, your, it your baby's under- food. And it's like- it falls into the insane in the membrane category. <laughs> I mean, it's just crazy. It, yeah, I mean, looking at social media over the last year to two years, there's actually movements out there trying to say that breastfeeding is unnatural. I mean, crazy. <laughs> what? The most Dude. natural thing in the world is unnatural. You know, it's it's like upside down. So speaking of breastfeeding, I just joined this amazing uh, service called Parsley Health. It's like a functional medicine membership model. It's a really cool sort of new paradigm of functional medicine. And you fill out this questionnaire. And one of them is, of course, like, were you breastfed? And I was like, oh, my mom grew up in 60s in Berkeley. Like, obviously, she was kind of a hippie, you know. I was like, oh, of course. But let me just ask her. And so I emailed her. I was like, I was breastfed, right? And she's like... No, actually, I give you formula. And I was like, no! I felt so what? robbed. Yeah, I was like, oh, my God, I must be brain damaged. Like, that's probably why I had so many fucking problems when I was a kid. And um, and I asked her why, and it was weird. I don't know if I should say this on the podcast, but whatever. She was like, it was just too awkward. Like, it just weirded her out to, like, have a baby on her tits or something. I don't know. She was like, it, just, it was just too weird. I couldn't do it. A little too National Geographic. Yeah, something yeah. like, something. I mean, she didn't elaborate, but she was like, yeah, it was just, like, funky. I couldn't go there. I was like, God, I was actually really, really bummed because there's so many crucial fats and nutrients and stuff in breast milk. And if you don't get them, like, you actually don't, I don't think you quite develop, like, that's a lot of guts, a, a lot of kid. gut, you know, bacteria. I mean, that's a really a lot of really amazing things you get through the, the breast milk. And here's a good news for you, though. Even though you may not have uh, gotten breast milk, formula back then was um, less of a soy thing. Ooh, and, good. And yeah, yeah. there was no microwaves back then, my love. Not really. Right. So, this is the 70s, yeah. Yeah. So we're talking about the chances of you having, you know, glow-in-the-dark microwaves, soy, you know, spooge is not 
going to be something I, I, to worry well, about. I wor- dude, I worked with a client about two years ago, and uh, uh, the mother, they were, they, he had just had a baby, and uh, the mother couldn't produce milk for whatever reason. And it wasn't seemingly fixable. And so they're like, can you help us find like a good organic formula? I was like, I got this. Like, I know how to find all the best shit. And I'm really good at sourcing stuff. And I started researching. I was like, oh, my God, there actually isn't. Because they said, oh, we have the best stuff. And I looked at the ingredients and it was like soy isolate this. And I was like, "Um, what? Yeah, where we put people. And there was tons of sugar in it, too. I was like, what the fuck? You're going to give an infant like 20 grams of sugar a day? Like what an adult male would be too much, you know? And I couldn't find anything. So what? What is there for people to camel do? Camel milk. Oh, really? Camel, camel milk. milk raw really camel good. milk, and you can get it. Actually, you can walk into Air One and buy it now, or you can get it online. But uh, we've seen got a couple that. of. Yeah. Yeah, we have a couple of jinglings where we uh, we worked with the mother before, during, and after their pregnancy. These babies sleep through the night. I mean, literally, they bring them home from the hospital or their their midwifery, wherever the baby was born, and these babies sleep through the night. If the mother can't produce the milk and or is unable to breastfeed for whatever reason, then uh, this camel milk stands in the gap. And it's remarkable. We're talking about above the curve. These kids are healthy and beautiful. And um, what's the name of the, the company? That it's, it's Waleed is the... Um, is the owner CEO? I saw them. Uh, I think it's, they had a booth at Bulletproof yeah, at they the did. conference, yes. right? So if yes. someone, Tati, my show producer, you could probably find it if you go to the Bulletproof Conference 2016 website. There'll yeah. be one of the vendors there. Yeah, it's we'll in the, it it in is the, in the frozen notes. section at, at, at Air One. Yeah, so that's one alternative. Mm-hmm. It, the camel milk does get quite expensive, though, also. So um, raw cow milk is actually a good alternative as well, or raw goat milk, right. really high quality. Um, I, I know several people who use raw cow milk and had fantastically Amazing healthy results. kids. Yeah. yeah, cool. That's good. That's a really good tip. I'm, that wasn't one of my topics, but I'm glad we got to cover that because, <laughs> no. like I said, I feel so robbed. But thank, thank, <laughs> thank God. I mean, you know, I, I figured it out later in life, at least. Well, and that you know, it's an important thing. You were saying she felt awkward. You know, that I don't know if that was because of just the overall environment that she was in but that's you know it's one of those societal things that if we are creating a culture where people are finger pointing and saying oh you shouldn't be doing that in public or or whatever you know women feel like oh it's they feel awkward they feel like they shouldn't do it shameful and and it's just like you know demonizing the most natural healthy thing that you could possibly do yeah, like being in the sun naked. Yeah. Right. <laughs> My God, don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> Which is why we have two decks on our new house. Oh, cool. <laughs> I, people always think I'm so weird. Like, I'll go to someone's house and go swim. And I'm like, do you mind if I get naked? They're like, what? I'm like, dude, like, I'm, a, I'm an animal, a human animal. We've evolved to be in the sun. Like, what is wrong with you people? But that isn't, do you guys ever feel like just being into this lifestyle that like the rest of the world is actually nuts? And you're the sane one. That's how I feel. Like people say, oh, you're so extreme. You go get your own spring water. I'm like, it's actually extreme to drink water out of your tap or even just bottled drinks from the health food store that are made from tap water that's full of shit like nuclear waste and birth control pills and Prozac. Like that's actually weird (laughs) to me. We're drinking your own water or breastfeeding is like, oh, that's kind of creepy or weird or like sexual. or I don't know what the fucking programming there is um by our society that would make that be the outlying behavior rather than what we're innately evolved to do it's just weird yeah it's like i think it was 1984 where they have like new speak and just you know down is up up is down you know everything that's good for you is bad for you everything that's bad is good and it's just like you know what's normal for kids is to eat food out of a package and maybe pop it in the microwave, but to unwrap it out of a plastic wrap and consume it, you know, eating a plant from the earth is like, well, gross kids out these days. It's it weird. seems like it's so weird. Right. And not like, oh my God, you're going to eat that, you know, something you took out of the earth. That's so weird. Right. And it's just, it's crazy because yeah, it's like the most natural thing to kids these days are, una- you know, it's weird. Yeah, it's weird. If the food doesn't come in a pod package, plastic bag, or something they can again just throw in the microwave, they're like, I don't get it. But in, uh, conversely, the tide is changing, and it in, is. in yeah. Asheville, uh, especially in in our county, which is uh, Madison County, there's a, a farm where they do something. It's called kale, K A L E. And it's kids' agricultural learning experience. And they bring them there. They get their hands in the dirt. They get to eat food out of the ground. And they teach them these survival skills that are in our our blueprint. 
And so these kids naturally start to feel a, a, a commune with nature, which is what we're so disconnected from. So reconnecting like that is what we're teaching, you know, not just, you know, children and adults, but just the general human population. Like, do you know how to make a fire? Do you know how to catch a fish? Do you know how to, you know, just even just a foraging, like knowing the mushroom, knowing the whatever, these are things that our great grandparents or great great grandparents in some instances had these skills and they, they evaporated when we had remotes in our hand and we're, you know, Googling everything. So being able to have that kind of set of skills is what we're trying to bring back to everyone. So you are a full on human. And that's why another reason why we love Daniel Vitalis and the people who understand that we are so much more than what we think. So much more yeah, than what thank we think. You for, thank you for bringing that in because sometimes I get a very, I guess it's like living in the city too. I get a very bleak outlook on like how backwards, <laughs> the inverse reality as Jay was yeah. describing, just how white is black, black is white. Everything's just fucking backwards. Yeah. I think largely due to the media, you mm-hmm. know? And so I, I just feel like, God, I'm like, screaming in a dream and no sound is coming out i'm like fucking people don't you get it you know (laughs) but a lot of people do get it that's the thing i mean you just look at how many health podcasts there are now and just like you go on youtube i mean you can find so much great information and programs like that for kids and i think it's like as dark and dismal as things get people also spiritually are are waking up which includes just getting back to where we came from because yeah, I, I feel true. fortunate, like, hey, I wasn't breastfed, but I grew up playing in the dirt, man, yep. and, like catching snakes and lizards and hunting <laughs> and fishing and just running around like a fucking native kid, like Lord of the Flies. That was my childhood. I mean, I just, <laughs> I did. I just ran wild, like out in the country, you know, Yeah, which is so cool. And now here I am in the city, but I, I remember that visceral experience of feeling connected to the land and that's what i'm always it's like i come to the city to make money (laughs) to go back to where i came (laughs) from you know which is like to escape and get real again yeah Yeah, and that's that's a big part of why we made the move that we did also and a lot of those underlying things um such as you know the the emf pollution that that's in a city um, we where we are now in North Carolina, we have um, in a four mile radius, we have seven cell phone towers. You can actually search that on the website called antennasearch.com. You can put in your address anywhere in the U.S. and see how many cell phone towers are around you in a four mile radius and how many antennas. So like radio receivers and things like that. So in North Carolina now, we have seven in a four mile radius. Where we were here in Los Angeles, we had 156. Oh my and tell them how many antennas. And then another 450 antennas. These are high intensity. Not to mention every single person, because we were in a townhouse situation, which we loved our townhouse, by the way. <laughs> Shout out to Debbie. Um, everyone had their Wi-Fi as well as all of their satellite dishes on their houses right over our heads and in a row. So you'd go by and you'd see above the air conditioner wall bangers or the regular air conditioners, there was, you could count as many townhouses as there were, which I think there's 120, um, 120 more antennas that were just constantly, turn on your Wi-Fi, how many do you see? Those are the ones you're bathing in. Mm. So just like any time we leave, would leave Los Angeles and go somewhere else that's not a major city, you, I immediately, the next day, I wake up feeling like, oh my God, I slept so much better just from being out of the city. Yeah. Like just from being outside of that EMF pollution that you just don't think about it's in the back of your mind maybe but it's just one of those um you know silent saboteurs that we that we talk about that you're exposed to on on a regular basis dude i'm i've been seriously considering well not considering i want to do it it's just it's like a thousand bucks to do it but building a faraday cage around my my bed yeah 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 (laughs) it's like and i've researched it quite a bit it's doable but it's a little bit expensive and it's gonna look like totally retarded. So oh, you can use copper fabric. There's a copper. <clears throat> oh, on lessemf.com. Yeah, is that what you're talking there's about? A, no, there's actually a copper taffeta that you can use. It this right. just as effective, and you can since you're a stylist, you can make it beautiful. Because I have a, a big like I have a um, yeah, I have a, a canopy bed. So I was like, that's what I'm always thinking. Like, there's some way to rig this that I mean, like, do, I mean, do you want to live or do you want to have a cool looking bedroom? Me, half and half. Uh, <laughs> that's the gnarly thing about living in a city. Even LA's bad but when i go to new york city last time i stayed there i was in an airbnb and uh 
I, you know, I have like all my grounding stuff, you know, all my <laughs> biohacking shit yeah. that I travel with and it's ridiculous. And I was like, all right, I'm protected. I've got everything like good and safe. And then one day I opened the windows and there was like a cell tower, like <laughs> right across my bedroom window, you know? And yep. it's like somehow weirdly I managed to sleep on that trip. So I don't know, maybe it was pointed, pointed the other way or something, but I've had previous trips where I was close to a cell tower and I didn't even know it. That's how I know it wasn't psychosomatic. Because I couldn't sleep for like a week straight. And then one day I would like look up and be like, oh shit, I'm right below a cell tower or, you know, a bank of smart meters or something. It's yeah. what you can't see that makes a difference. Yeah, yeah. but here's, here's the thing though with getting out to the country. And it sounds like you guys are maybe far enough out, but I've traveled to some places in Colorado and they're like that state. I don't know. They somehow managed the municipalities there, managed to lobby some shit where they've blanketed the entire state in smart meters. It's just... Every meter oh. you see is a smart meter. And yeah, we don't have them out there. You don't have them? We didn't oh, even know dude. what it was. We were talking to our general contract. We had a list of, we, this is what we don't yeah. want to see, yeah. and a list of what we want to see, because yeah. we're doing you know a green home. And he didn't even know what a smart meter was. I'm oh, like, all right. So you guys still have the little dial, like yep. analog one? Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah, I was. I, I like to go to this, um, hot, speaking of hot springs, most amazing hot springs I've ever been to called Pagosa Springs in Colorado. And I love going there, but when I go there, I don't sleep, because the entire town is on this hardcore smart meter grid uh, and each smart meter on each home and say like a, you know a townhouse building hotel something like that they'll have a bunch of them each one transmits up to 30 miles and each smart meter oh yeah transmits up to 900 times the radiation of one cell phone yeah so wow. imagine like your bedroom wall has a bank of smart meters on it <laughs> that go 30 miles that's crazy 900 times cell phones so it's like you have thousands of cell phone signals like on the wall of your building and and i and the effect it has and some people are more sensitive you know yeah. but the effect yeah. it has on me is i'll wake up all night like dum, 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 yeah. dum, dum, beating heart racing thoughts i'm like what the fuck is wrong with me i'd meditated twice today like <laughs> what's going on it's like and then i slowly you know i walk around the building I go god damn it there they are man yep. and it's mm. it's not in my mind the shit is real now that said, as you know, some people don't notice it because they're I don't know mutants or something. But what well, you're doing right here makes that difference, which is grounding. Thank you, Clint Ober. We love you. Yeah. So I have my little yeah my little rubber grounding mat under my desk, and of course I have like a grounding sheet on the bed, and I bring it on the plane. I yeah, we do too. My car's grounded. <laughs> <you know? laughs> we have the, grounded yoga mats, all of it. Oh, yeah. that's cool. Yeah. So you know, you do what you can, and like I always say on the show, because I am sort of extreme is like listen i mean you got to live your life at the same time mm -hmm. so am i going to not go to a town because it has smart meters no i'm just going to know like well it's one of the downsides of being in a place where somehow those companies like steamrolled you know the public before they found out how harmful it was you know mm -hmm. yeah and that gets back to like constitution and how individual people are so some people have very very sensitive nervous systems and they're very energetically sensitive mm -hmm. and other people people who are more like um like a kapha body type, like an Ayurveda, they they have you're literally like big boned, um, you know, more fat, more muscle, uh, more density. You know, those are the people who have like super strong adrenals, and you know, generally speaking, they won't feel the the Wi-Fi stuff so much. Whereas somebody who's you know skinnier, sensitive nervous system, sensitive to energy, will feel it you know Vata. off the off Vata. the charts. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that must be me because that shit floors me. <laughs> You guys, you know, this is the moment that I always dread. It's when the show comes to an end. You know, when you're right in the middle of a good episode and then womp, 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 it comes to a screeching halt because it's a two-parter. I'm sorry to do this to you. It hurts me more than it hurts you, but we got to stop this shit because this was a long episode and I got to break it into two just to make it digestible for the rest of the people. So if you're a diehard, I want to encourage you to check in this Friday for part two with the Jinxlingers. And if you're new to the show, then it's really important that you subscribe. Click subscribe somewhere on your screen, wherever you listen to this on, so that you never miss an episode, whether it be a two-part or a one-part. So thank you, thank you, thank you for listening. Please share this episode with a friend and I will be in your eardrums on Friday. Before we wrap this up, I've got an exciting little secret announcement for you. I'm about to launch my new 90-day lifestyle design coaching system where you, the listener, have the opportunity to work with me one-on-one. -on -one. 
All you have to do is go to lukestory.com forward slash coaching to apply for a free 15-minute assessment call with me. We're going to jump on the phone, see if it's a good fit. I'm going to explain the program to you and talk about how we can upgrade your life, okay? This program's awesome. It's based on my 20 years of subjective experience in the fields of health and personal development. Like everything I've got goes into this 90-day program. So I'm going to guide you through my proven system of revolutionary mental, physical, and emotional transformation. It kind of depends on what we need to work on first. So you're going to take an immersive deep dive into my nature-based approach to personal optimization. You're going to get really clear and straightforward understanding of these sometimes complicated issues, you know, meditation and mindset, diet, smart drugs, nootropics, proper drinking water in your home, EMFs, alternative healing technologies, vitamin and herbal supplementation, all the things that we talk about on the show that I've been working with for a long time. Those are all the things that go into the program. So what's going to happen here is through an application of all this knowledge in all these different areas, we're going to map out a blueprint for creating a healthy living environment inside your home, as well as a very realistic, practical approach to spirituality that you can carry out into your relationships and your career and into your future. And the coaching sessions are done remotely via Skype, so you can do them from anywhere in the world. If you live in LA, there's a possibility of doing it in person, kind of depends on timing and where you live. But here's the deal. The program's brand new, but space is very limited. I've only got really room for like five clients per month. That's what I figured is my max at this point, so I can still have a life. So again, to apply for a free 15-minute phone consultation with yours truly, go to www.lukestory.com forward slash coaching. I look forward to hearing from you.